now. Three, two, one, go! What's up, everybody? This is episode 110 of Cooldown Time. This is a weekly show where two ridiculously busy guys cool down and talk video games. I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco, and joining me is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, how you doing, man? What's going on? Nothing is going on. I'm doing great. I had a very busy day lined up for me, and the, all that went to shit, and that is amazing, because that means I get to record here with you, and also more tears to mm. run down my face as I play uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know. I just try to co-op tears into an emotional mm. state, and that didn't work out at no, no, all. No. 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 I'm, no. I'm such no. a piece of shit. Wow. Wow, you are, and you should quit the show. Um, okay. Wow. <laughs> doing well, wonderful. Thanks for asking. Uh, well, you just told me to quit the damn show we do together. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you're doing. Leave me alone. That's rude. All right. Nah, why, are we, why are we spatting one minute into the show? Uh, but yeah, doing great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> what we do? Um, Marco. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, how are you doing, friend, buddy, no, old you pal? Care. That's, that's a first. Uh, in almost 30 years. Uh, yeah, doing good. Um, you know, my daughter uh, graduated VPK, uh, so I got Let's to go, go to the ceremony. Did her thing. Uh, I, I thought I was going to go in there and hold it down. Uh, no emotions, nope. just excitement. And about 32 seconds into that experience, I was choking them back. Uh, <laughs> tears were, were, were streaming down my face in reality. You were joking about oh. it. I was real about it. But uh, it was obviously a good time. Uh, to see the kid, uh, you know, do a little her, her first little graduation thing and her capping gown and all that good stuff. So it was it was a heartwarming dad moment for sure. Um, and then that just kind of permeated through the week, you know, just kind of you know, good week, good vibes, as as the kids say. Uh, I don't know if they still say that, but you know, doing sure all right do. though. Doing all right though. I, I'll check with them. I'll check. You're Twitter. young. Don't worry. You're young. You're young, bro. Yeah, I'm a ripe 38. Uh, anyways. Um, Man, we have a hell of an episode this week, dude. Uh, we say that every we sure week. Do. We mean it every week, but this week especially is an interesting week in gaming. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what we got on the docket for this week's episode. In this episode, if you thought we were done talking about Tears of the Kingdom, well, you thought wrong. We got some more things to say. Uh, probably won't take too long there. And apparently Remedy is not in the mood to get physical. We explain... <laughs> And after two years, PlayStation finally has their showcase, and we kind of wish that they didn't. We break it all down in today's episode. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and get started with the first segment of the show, dedicated to the games we've been playing since you last heard from us, and we call that loadouts. Let's go. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, bro. So before we get into the the weekly saga of what's going on with Zelda, you are playing something else uh, this time around that I'm curious to get your thoughts about. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, I played Planet of Lana. Uh, not a game I really plan to, you know, put too much time into it because of everything that's happening with, with Tears of the Kingdom and, and still playing Rainbow Six religiously. But I decided to give it a chance on Game Pass. It's getting pretty good reviews. And I'll tell you, it is a beautiful game. It reminds me a lot of Ori, and it kind of has some inside uh, inspirations to it. Uh, it is exactly how you think it is. Uh, it's a puzzle platformer. Uh, and I really, I really think that they... They, they nailed the aesthetic and just kind of the art style is really beautiful to look at. They, they really do a lot with a little in terms of like the, the language is made up. They're basically just saying each other's name and mm. they evoke emotionality throughout. Uh, it is and it, and it starts off exactly like you an Ori game where everything is nice and dandy and all of a sudden a, a tragic event happens and it is you know two two minutes into the game you're already feeling some kind of emotions you're like oh man like so it, it's they, they really do a good job with it i i really expected to, to to dabble and i ended up actually playing like over an hour of this game and the only reason i stopped it kind of snapped out of the trance was because i actually had a game crashing bug where literally the game just crashed to, to the to the to the dashboard so that's not mm. exactly a good sign for the game but i'm telling you um i i, I only kind of wanted to shout it out here because xbox is getting a lot of shit with the with the kind of the games that they've been releasing and planet of lana is a game that's been delayed countless amount uh, amounts of times and a game that really i had no expectations for and really planning not to even touch it and was was really just probably thinking it was going to be a complete mess of a game and it turns out to 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 be a game that a lot of people are talking about it in the same breath as they were talking about ori and even a game like celeste uh, in terms of like a game that came out of nowhere and could be a contender for at the very least best indie of the year and I, i'm definitely seeing that it's only like a five-hour game i looked up how long it is to beat uh so playing an hour of it i, I got a really good kind of like uh, overall uh, vibe and just of what what the game is trying to do and it's definitely a game that i'm not sure that i'll i'll i'll, I'll beat uh anytime soon but it's definitely a game i put on my list to maybe perhaps visit it down the road so if anybody likes those inside kind of games and specifically ori kind of vibes this is a game for you i definitely would recommend it i, I think after getting what we got with uh with play dead or not play dead jump ship uh, studios uh what's that game called i, I like out of it yeah somerville and not getting what you wanted out of those kind of games i think planet alana comes swoops in and takes that so um uh, you know on game pass uh, definitely a try yeah it's good to see game pass kind of getting some decent pickups again um yeah between this game and the other one uh cassette beasts is another one oh, that that's I've been out today, a lot yeah. about uh, kind of a Pokemon-like sort of thing, but you know, a little bit of a synthwave twist, I guess, going on. Uh, really interested to get back into the Game Pass uh, ecosystem sooner than later, hopefully. But you know, mm -hmm. right now I'm just kind of waiting it out until a big, you know, AAA game drops on Xbox to to jump back in that subscription. Uh, but yeah, good to hear this one is uh, actually kind of panning out pretty well, and it is getting some uh, some good buzz, uh, I would say, uh, which is tough to do in the midst of people still being, you know. Uh, well into Tears of the Kingdom playthroughs like us. Um, speaking of which, we should probably go ahead and transition into some Tears of the Kingdom. Now, look, we've we've talked about the game for the last few weeks. The last two conversations we had about the game were pretty long and pretty nuanced. I think this time around we're going to keep this a little bit shorter and sweeter. Um, because honestly, you know, the, the experience for me has not really wavered from where it's been. Uh, in terms of overall quality, it's still an excellent experience. Um, 
I still am finding lots of different things that I'm uh, really enjoying about the game so far. Um, with the same kind of drawbacks. I think I think the only thing that has really changed for me since the last few weeks is I think in my heart of hearts I know this is the best game that has come out this year. Um, I guess I'm just not willing mentally yet to put it over RE4. Um, I know it's a better game than RE4, and I know these games are not apples to apples whatsoever. They're very different games. But um, it's... Uh, it's the kind of game, Zelda's the kind of game that just kind of walks up your list casually for me, for, for someone like me. As, as someone who's not a Zelda fan, it just kind of strolls up your list. Whereas a Resident Evil 4, which is a franchise I grew up with, that's kind of one of my Zelda-ish franchises. That, that's like the bull in the china shop that kind of knocks everything over. No, I'm number one. Um, so it's an interesting little dichotomy between those two games. Not only because of how different they are, obviously, but because of just the way they've impacted me. Um, Tears of the Kingdom is the kind of game that sort of becomes a lifestyle game almost because of just how long it is and how much you can do. It's just like, yep, you know, I'm going to turn on some Tears of the Kingdom, get that in. It's almost like what you would feel like from a multiplayer shooter, like the way we are with Rainbow Six. It's just part of your daily life routine somehow. Um, and that speaks volumes because you know that when a game like this ends, it's going to feel like a big void opens up, and it's going to feel like that empty feeling of like sorrow of, man, I can, can never have that first playthrough again. So I, I'm really trying to savor as much of it as I can, because I am really loving the game right now. But um, let me turn it over to you, get some quick updates from you on how you're feeling, too. No, and, and what you say about nostalgia is definitely, it's real, because I think uh, I'm already at the point this game where it's like... In my mind, it's like the greatest game of all time uh, kind of uh, territory. And then when I look at kind of like last year, Elden Ring took that crown away from Breath of the Wild. I'm already at the spot where I can tell you I think Tears of the Kingdom took that back from Elden Ring in terms of its discovery and exploratory kind of nature uh, throughout. But yeah, man, 70 hours in and I'm still completely shocked as to how it has its hooks in me. You know, I, I've... I, I've undiagnosed ADHD for sure so the fact that this game has kept me so locked in is 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 it's impressive and and, and I will say for the longest time and the newest thing I kind of bring to the table today while talking about Tears of the Kingdom is for the longest time I was ignoring those side adventures and I stopped doing that and my enjoyment of the game kind of grew tenfold because those little uh, side adventures kind of nudge you to to places that you might not visit in your main quest or even exploring. Uh, and so you kind of find these really cool uh, moments within those side adventures uh, that you might not have before and, and, and leads you down these paths and these caves and all these things that really were not uh, something you even knew existed in this area. Like there was an area where I was there a whole bunch of times, but I didn't, I missed, there was like a little hole and a little area where you go and there's a whole bunch of weird statues. That's where you get the helm for the barbarian armor. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was looking, I just couldn't find it. And I finally found it there uh, just because I was exploring it, the side adventure that got me in that area again. So really this game is, is for me, it just feels like game design 
masterclass. Like, if, if whatever you think of your favorite open world game in terms of what it does with discoverability and, and how it, it manages to keep you engaged in an open world, I can guarantee, with the exception of maybe Elden Ring, that this game, Tears of the Kingdom, is running circles around that. It's just operating on so many different levels. But, but to kind of go back to what you were saying, yeah, man, I, I, I wouldn't fault you if at the end of the year it comes around and RE4 is still your game of the year. First of all, incredible game. Second, it's, it's one of your favorite games of all time, or, or at least in terms of like that genre. And they remade it and it's almost perfect. And there was significant changes that really made sense to it. So in that way, there's nobody would fault you for that, uh, in terms of that. But I think, I think you're right. I think for me, um, this is the best game to come out this year just on a technical level, just what it's doing. Uh, but that's not enough always. You know, there's got to be some, there's got to be some heart to it. And if, if your heart isn't in it as, or at least nostalgia wise, Zelda wasn't your thing, you know, it might not end up being your game of the year, but you respect it enough to understand what this game is doing. And I think that's enough. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think we might not talk about Tears of the Kingdom, uh, in the next couple of weeks. A lot of stuff coming out. Uh, but if we run into something that is like shocking and we want to talk about it without, without, uh, spoiling it, we'll definitely, uh, do that for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm. I'm at the point where I, I would put it over at Elden Ring yet. And again, I know two very different games: Souls versus Zelda. Not the same thing. But uh, I. I think if all things are as equal as can be, um, I. Pr- I still prefer Elden Ring because of the combat complexity. Um, I find that to be just as interesting and nuanced as a lot of the, like the problem solving that that. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom does, but you know, obviously, it's it's a kind of wonky comparison in certain respects too. But um, in in it still is a very much a game that like reminds me of Elden Ring in terms of how I felt about it coming from not being a yeah. Souls fan, but then finding this like kind of revelation like experience out of that game. Uh, similar kind of feeling with Zelda, but uh, obviously, it's been uh, a good time for open world games between the two of those coming out and, and kind of um, refreshing what I think has been a very stale and stagnant type of, of game design, um, to say the least. But there is something super special about playing a from software game that finally clicks for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of yeah. like holy shit. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, good, times good times indeed. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the next segment. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're hearing so far, consider subscribing to our show. We drop new episodes every single Monday on all streaming services. And if you're feeling extra cool, which I think you are, <laughs> follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Cooldown Time. Uh, now, let's go ahead and keep the show rolling, Pablo, with our new segment that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, man. So we're going a little light this week on hit points because obviously the big story is the PlayStation Showcase. But go ahead and hit us with the uh, hit point news item we have this week. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this game a little later on in the show. But uh, a, a, a specific thing came out of the Sony Showcase that has little to do with the game itself, but rather kind of like the future of where we are with physical games. Right. And so Remedy has announced that Alan Wake 2 will be digital only. And I think this might mark the first time that a 
huge AAA video game is releasing without a physical copy. Remedy cites the new digital uh, landscape in games um, as the reason why. Like, the, it, there's a lot of reports out there showing a lot of people buying 50-50 in terms of that. And I feel that they felt that that was something that they can, uh, a chance that they can take because it allows them to cut, uh, keep pricing at $59.99 and it's something that works for them. Now, there's a lot of a lot of conversations on the internet about this, about the, uh, whether this is good or bad. But do we think do we think this is the future? Do we think going forward, more games will start doing this, more AAA games will start doing this? And is this a good thing or a bad thing, Marco? What do you think? Um, it's an interesting topic because game preservation has become a very very hot button thing when you think about uh, ecosystems and. There's a lot of people who still prefer physical copies of games because they, they can't trust or don't trust yet, at least, the digital ecosystem kind of element. Yeah. When we've seen, you know, we've heard some headlines, you know, in the past of Nintendo closing down e- certain eShop stuff. PlayStation's True. done that in the past, too. So you, you can't help but wonder, okay, um, what if these games end up kind of stranded someday and there's no other way to attain them? Um, that is a, a, a legitimate thing to worry about. However, I think that we're getting to a point now in, in the industry where that concern is going to probably end up being a bit overblown in the future because we are going in a very digital direction and I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's any escaping that anymore. Um, and I think that the big three in various different ways all understand that this is a very important piece of the puzzle and that you really can't um, you can't fuck with people's digital libraries anymore. You know, when Phil Spencer had that interview uh, with, uh, you know, kind of funny a few weeks back, he talked about how, you know, during the Xbox One generation, that was the most important generation to win because that's the generation where people were building out their digital libraries. So right. you can tell from what he's saying in that statement alone that there's a big emphasis on this kind of thing now um, when it comes to not only publishers and developers but the actual big three themselves too so i i think we're getting to a point now where this probably is going to start happening more often to be honest with you yeah and we already kind of see it um you know this is just a bigger one because it's high profile it's a triple a game but i i think that we are going to start heading in this direction eventually um and the other aspect of this is obviously the resale market i think you know as much as the industry kind of let it slide uh, for the last eight, nine years, um, even though they were really going to try to nip it in the bud at one point, I do think I think they want to get away from the resale market as much as they can. I still think that's a nagging issue for them. And I do think this does help to mitigate that uh, for yeah. both the remedies of the world and the big three uh, as well. Yeah. So I think it's kind of I think it's coming. I think it's coming personally, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, other industries already kind of do this. I mean, if you watch The Mandalorian or or any show on Disney Plus, you can't get that physically. They don't sell those at a DVD, Blu-ray DVDs. Those are all on Disney Plus, and so yeah. it's not just video games. It's a lot of the media uh, of, of of entertainment is doing this. Uh, there are some information out there, uh, like in Europe, saying that Jedi Survivor sold forty five percent of its sales were through physical. Dead Space sold more physical than digital, and then RE4 sold slightly better digitally 
but it's practically 50-50. So, I mean, I think Remedy is banking on the fact that this game is going to be great. At least that's what they're banking on and that people who usually don't buy physical are going to are going to force their hand there and uh or people yeah. who buy physical they're going to force their hand to buy it digitally. I think that's what they're expecting here. And I think that they're willing to take the loss of physical because of what you said. The resell market is something that, you know, they're not going to get they're not going to be able to to get a lot of re- return customers off of that. And so with digital and, and those games going into sale, they'll always be making money on Alan Wake 2, especially if it's as good as they think it is. And, that, and this is kind of a show of confidence by them saying, hey, our game is that good that people who want to play this game, they're going to have to come to us in this fashion. Uh, but uh, kind of touching on your points about preservation, that is concerning. Um, you know, I, I have over 300 games on my Xbox. I have over... 150 on my PlayStation, on my digital library itself. So for those to one day possibly go away, I may never play uh, Persona 5 royal ever again but it's nice to know that i have it you know it's 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 i bought it it's mine so the fact that if that might go away it's always concerning for sure but a lot of the markets right now especially video games you you can buy a playstation without a disc drive the xbox series s does not have a disc drive so there's a lot already the industry shifting towards that so now the onus is on the industry themselves to find a way to preserve these games and not just kind of um have them go away whenever they're ready to go away whether they shut down a server or whatever and you know that's a lot to ask and we're putting our faith in these huge companies and and and, and fortune 500 companies and microsoft uh, uh case to do that for us i think that they will i think that they have to but yeah this is it's going to be a while till games are completely digital obviously i think it's going to be kind of a niche thing kind of like limited run games that they do like for example they had celeste out as a physical copy for a very limited amount of time you know there's already been rumors about other companies doing that for alan wake 2 in the future so it's not completely going away but this is definitely the, the step in the first uh direction to to kind of go at a fully uh digital landscape which listen I'm cool. I haven't bought a fucking physical game in years. So I ain't really sweating it uh, as a selfish take. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, you know, you brought up something interesting when you talked about uh, The Mandalorian and, and, you know, how it's a part of a subscription service. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the the shitty possibility is, let's say, hypothetically, Xbox decides moving forward, all of our third party game or first party exclusives, rather are going to be digital only, right? Yeah. Now, the ramification of that potentially is kind of leaving you with no other choice but to sign up for Game Pass or to oh. buy a la carte for no damn reason, right? right? Yeah, damn. So the risk there would be now we don't really have much of a choice because they're basically hamstringing us on purpose to basically force our hand and make us subscribe, right? Um, so that's a risk, yeah, uh, that I think that. is is legitimate, but you know, then that just gets into how nefarious and you know a company is or isn't, and that's a different can of worms for a different episode. But it is something to worry about, I think, when it comes to subscription services, especially. But it's something but we have I to keep our eyes on. Yeah, it, you know, I I wouldn't put it past Xbox just as a corporation, a company that knows how to make money to do this you know and that sounds shitty and like you said nefarious but at the end of the day they are a company and their uh, bottom line is what's most important to them and that's Mm. where the negative to this the negative side of this is like anytime you take choice away from a player or a consumer and anything is not great 
You know, right? Yeah, I, I may not go to a restaurant anymore and I Uber Eats, but I, 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 I want the choice to do either or at all times. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man, that that um, that's interesting. We'll see where this goes. Uh, we'll see if 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 Remedy sticks to the guns. I think that they will. I think you know. The the one bright side, like I mentioned uh, when I was describing what the news was about, is that the game is sixty dollars next gen only, uh, I believe, and at a sixty dollar uh, price point when games are seventy dollars is uh, is a good thing. It, it's a very good thing. Um, yeah. So we'll see well, where this the, goes from here. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of very interested parties that are going to watch this very closely to see how it performs. Uh, yeah, because of the digital only aspect and that it's AAA. Um, so I, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on this and a lot of conversations are going to be happening after this game comes out based on how well it performs digitally to go, hmm, maybe this is something we can do. Um, so we'll stay tuned and we'll find out how this affects anything. But for now, it's time to talk PlayStation in our Checkpoint chat. Let's get started. It's time for the Checkpoint chat. All right, Pablo. So the PlayStation Showcase is officially in the books. We've had a little bit of time since it came out to sit with it, marinate with it, and um, kind of assess what the fuck happened here. <laughs> uh, because a lot happened here. It was a very... You can't accuse this this showcase of, of not being a very telling showcase. I think it was very telling, to say the absolute least. Um, so... Because there's a lot to tell here, uh, me and Pablo are kind of splitting this conversation up into different categories to really break down what happened, uh, and let's just call it what it is, what went wrong. Um, So we're going to talk about the things that we didn't see at the show, the things we did see at the show uh, that are first party and not so first party, um, hardware and accessories, and then kind of assess the damage of all this, and then come away with our final takeaways to round out the segment here. we are going to take a deep dive into this, so uh, get comfy, ladies and gentlemen, because we're gonna we're gonna get pretty granular here. But again, this is a pretty pivotal showcase for PlayStation. It is a uh, you know it's something that the entire industry was locked in and watching uh, along with us, and so it's only right that we give this the attention that it deserves. And Pablo, I want to start with, I guess, just some opening remarks here. Um, I want to I want to kind of pick your brain here and I I want you to talk me through the contrast between your pre-show hype and anticipation versus your post-show disposition. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, look, like always, there's going to be some outlandish expectations, you know, the internet was running wild with Grand Theft Auto 6, Half-Life 3 bullshit that we always get. And, of course, people want to see games that are just rumors or made up in their heads. And those we drown out. But I feel, and because this is how I, I came into it, even the most even keel of predictions, the person that was kind of modest with predictions would have left uh, left that person cold because that's exactly how I felt. It, it was, I had expectations for the show. I, I wasn't out here thinking Grand Theft Auto 6 was going to pop up. I was basically going through their studios, what they have to show, and what I think is going to happen. And there's some sh- surefire things. Of course, this game is going to be here that just did not show up. And so, really, going into it, it was just kind of like, I, I wasn't. I was hyped because of what I wanted to see and the potential of that. And 
coming out of it, I even saw some of the things I was really hyped about and left feeling kind of scratching my head. It's just, it's not only the fact that there was things missing, but the execution of the show left something to be desired. It definitely felt a little bit like they get two stated plays and put them together and they called it a showcase. And I, I just... I just don't understand what happened here. I don't understand a PlayStation or any video game fan who saw this and thought they nailed it. Um, game as service. This is something I called, by the way, a couple of episodes ago. I think last year I said, I'm worried about the game as service push. I hope that this isn't something that, that kind of overtakes the what PlayStation is trying to do. And that's exact. my worst nightmare came true in the showcase. And that's because it wasn't filled with the things that PlayStation does. Known quantities known studios they just weren't there and so you know going in of course i was hyped but coming out my goodness i i I wasn't even upset i was just completely and thoroughly confused as to what the fuck it is i just saw because i just can't i couldn't comprehend it like i you and i did i watched it live you didn't so I, there, I couldn't process that information with you, but I kind of left sitting there like, I, is this me? I, did I miss something? Is there something here that I am not kind of grabbing onto? Is it, did, did I miss a, a point? Did I black out <laughs> and miss a, a point of the show? Because, <laughs> man, it, it was it was tough. How, how about you, man? If I... If, if we had recorded this show the same night of the state of play, um, I probably would have nuked PlayStation out of orbit before we could even get the segment started by now. Um, <laughs> that's how angry I was because coming into the show, I look at the announcement, I see, okay, they want to do this the end of May. Cool. They want to get ahead of Xbox. All right. Maybe they're confident with what they got. Maybe they think their shit doesn't stink here. And hey, up until a certain point, they've not really done a whole lot to let me down, personally. So, okay. All right, I'm down. Let's find out what's going on with PlayStation now. Big showcase. Here we go. Walking out of that, I I, I don't know if I would say I was confused because it seemed very clear what was going on. It was very much a... To me, let's get the the things that people really came here to see. Let's kind of, and this is more of a theory than anything. Yeah. Let's push this the stuff they really want to see aside so that that stuff doesn't overshadow this live service push we really want to go for. That's what this yeah, came off to, to lot, me. That makes a lot of sense. Because if you go out and you have a showcase where you show, and we'll get into it in a second... The next project from Blue Point, the next project from Bend, the next project from Naughty Dog, the next project from Sucker Punch. Immediately, no one is going to be talking about any of this games as a service stuff that you showed at the show. So I think they purposely, and interestingly enough, that there's you know guy Tom Henderson, I think he works for GGC, said that there were trailers that he's he's seen that were basically a shoe in for the show that somehow got pulled that he's confused about. Oh. So it, it comes oh, yeah. across to me, it comes across to me that there was some kind of 11th hour kind of decision to pull that stuff out 
and really lean heavily into the games of service uh, angle and make that the headline. And you got what you wanted because people are talking about it, but not in a positive way and not me either. Look, we'll get into the games of service portion of this in a second, but there was a real feeling when this show was over, a feeling like I was grabbed by the arm and dragged into a, 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 a change that I wasn't really ready for. You right. know, it's like when you, you, you don't want to go somewhere when you're a kid and your mom just grabs you, but you come get in here and you got to like, okay, uh, that's what it I felt like to me. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it felt like all showcase long of like, I don't want to see, you know, you have to. All right. Well, I don't want to see any more. No, we got another one of those just like it. You're going to see this one too. And it, it, that's what it felt like the entire time. So when this thing was over with, I was just kind of drained. Like, I feel yeah. like I went through like a tornado of just what the fuck in showcase form. And it was really deflating in a lot of ways that we will obviously get in more detail on as we progress through um all these different aspects of the showcase. Is there anything else you want to cap this off with before we start diving in? No, I, I also saw some. I also saw something like that. Jess Corden said that he's happy he didn't report on some stuff that he heard about because it just was not at the show. So that's yeah. kind of uh, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I agree. I, that your theory is spot on. I my theory was like maybe that they put this show together in the last minute and everything that those trailers that were out there are for other shows in the summer and because they've already committed those shows to that that they weren't unable to show it so that was mine but i think yours makes a lot more sense because they started with a game as service which, yeah yeah so yeah yeah and that was very telling um yeah but pablo let's talk about the have nots of the show uh, the most shocking to part it. of the entire show. Yeah. I mean, the, the omissions were insane. And some of these, you know, studios, you know, they just kind of put something out or, you know, sure. you, you wouldn't sure. expect a lot, but you, you still wonder. Um, but obviously, the elephants in the room were factions from Naughty Dog, wondering if you were going to get Ghost of Tsushima 2 from Sucker Punch, Blue Point with the Bloodborne rumors that had been going on for what feel like an eternity. Uh, what as well ben as up to. The- uh, but uh, uh, Blue Point also had the new IP uh, and a new IP as well. Yeah, yeah. two yeah. projects uh, from what we've heard. Ben Studios. They someone teased that they would have a presence at the showcase from yep. Ben, and they were MIA. So that kind of gives more credence to what we just talked about at the top of this. Team mm-hmm. Asobi. Three years since Astro's Playroom. What are they doing? House Mark. Been a been a minute since Returnal. What you got going on? Two and a half years. Yeah. Right. Even you know, even Santa Monica, you wonder, you know, is Corey Barlog's new IP gonna, you know, be teased potentially, or even games like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, right? So yeah. when you think about Pablo, everything we didn't see at the show, what stands out to you? What are your feelings about this? I mean, factions or whatever they're gonna call that. I mean, they've been talking that game up. At least Neil Druckmann has, you know, riding high on the success of you know of the tv show and the remake from last year and a first time you showcase in the first two years not having naughty dog there which is besides uh insomniac probably your premier uh first party studio game having something like faction something that they promise is is 
is going to change the way you think about the the last of us and expand that world and that just not showing up here at all is is very it sticks out like a sore thumb and and even and even sucker punch with ghost of tsushima too like this is a game that they've already announced that they were working on so the fact that we know this game is is, is in the works and the fact that it didn't show up is 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 weird as well because we uh, you're showcasing the future of playstation and what's coming soon and it was it was it was weird, you know. Um, another thing that is not on here. What was that game that you liked? The the blue something blue. Blue. It something? was. It was it was like a, a an exclusive third party kind of action game. I forgot anyway. But that game was talked about for a while. Not showing up. Not not here at all. Uh, and so it's just things like that that really are like, what the hell, man? It's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. This is disappointing because I mean, you know. Again, this is about painting the picture, right? What what is the next phase of PlayStation going to be? You know, you know, we'll probably say this a couple times throughout this segment, but like, no one put a gun to your head and made you do this showcase if you weren't ready, baby. Yeah, wait, <laughs> wait it out if you're not ready to go. Yeah, um, because when you when you're, you're you're putting together a lineup of what you got coming on the pipeline uh, pi- pipeline for for PlayStation, and it doesn't include at least like two of these games. Like I thought for sure Bluepoint's Bloodborne project and factions were going to be here. If we had yeah. gotten if all things were equal, we got the same showcase but with the addition of Bloodborne and factions, I would feel m- pretty moderately different because at least there would have been a better spread of like okay, there's a lot of live service weirdness, but at least we got a chance to see some of the developers we actually are have a vested interest in besides just insomniac um but the fact that those two were nowhere to be found is just astonishing and then ben yeah. ben having that you know that little wink and nod that oh you might want to tune into the showcase and you're not there is weird and but, it's but just like, it's just a weird thing like gun to your head if what game was definitely going to be there i probably Spider-Man Two, obviously, but st- I mean, yeah. um, Factions was 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 definitely going to be there, and at least in my opinion. And that game I was talking about, Marco, was Stellar Blue, a Stellar game that's Blade. come Stellar Blade, yeah, that's coming out this year yeah. and just did not show up at all. Eternites is another one that was missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 weird. All kind of bizarre. All kind mm-hmm. of bizarre. But here's what we did get, Pablo. We got games as a service overload. Jesus. Um, starting right off the bat, you said it a minute ago, they kick off the show with Haven Studios. Fair Games is the first thing we see. It's a multiplayer heist game. CG trailer. That becomes a theme throughout a lot of this show as well. Not actual, Not actual footage. <laughs> Fuck's sake, man. And I could stomach CG trailers from time to time, but it was sure. in abundance this time around. But nevertheless, we get fair games, very stylish text and a lot of very, you know, a lot of attitude, a lot of style, all that stuff. Um, seems to be one of those PvPVE kind of games where yeah. it's a little hybrid um, thing. You know, I I wish I had a lot to say about this, to be honest with you, but it just looked like one of those, like, fucking scientifically engineered focus tested the kids will love this kind of 
games, in my opinion, that absolutely did nothing for me. Um, do you have anything, you know, in depth to say about this one? Uh, no, uh, you mean like game as services? Oh, about fair games? No, yeah. I thought I thought it looked like um, like fall, uh, like like Redfall a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of what same kind of attitude, except in a cyberpunky world. Yeah. Uh, as when this opened up, I thought, um, is this is this like a pre-show thing? Like I like uh before the thing. I I when this opened, I was okay with it because I'm thinking this is surely just getting the shit out the way, right? And they're. <laughs> Because I thought, if you look if you look at last week's show, my prediction was the show opens up with Ghost of Tsushima 2. So this is a far cry from uh, from that for sure. But even then, I'm thinking they got so much good shit coming. We're not even going to remember what happened to the beginning. So whatever. Yeah. Fair games is fair games, right? Uh, uh, and and, <laughs> and no, man. that This looked... This looked particularly uninteresting to me. Uh, uh, it yeah. just looked like anything else. Uh, you know, but yeah. It's, it's a bad start. Well, what's interesting is the further we go down this list of games as service titles, you start noticing like a through line of like similarities. Uh, jumping into to Bungie real quick, we see Marathons announced, taking their old IP from many, many moons ago, bringing it back, completely not doing what it used to be by making it a PvP action shooter. Uh, <laughs> Bungie goes on to say after it was shown, um, you're not going to be seeing this game for a long time. Right, right, right. Which is oh oh thanks great I'm glad I know this is real and I'll never I won't see it for the next two or three years awesome and then yeah. of course they show Destiny two the final shape a new expansion August twenty second so Bungie's Bungie's presence is is here Pablo what do you think about these two yeah Marathon I saw that and I I. I'm not familiar, too familiar with the original game, but I know that it's not a game of service. I know that for a fucking fact. Uh, and so this looked colorful and and weird, and and I, nothing about this really um, screamed uh, interesting as well. I mean, I thought it looked like cool, but it just wasn't like I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Like it didn't really do anything for me. And exactly. Destiny Two is is Destiny Two. You know, people of the fans of this probably lost their shit of it because apparently K died a couple of years ago and he's K-6, back. K six, yeah, yeah, K six. So I guess that's the thing. And um, I'm sure if I was a fan, I would I would have lost my shit there too. Um, but man, I you know it, it's cool that Bungie is is. Their presence is already here, you know, owned by Sony. Uh, but weirdly enough, Marathon it will be a uh, will be a multi platform game. So I mean, that's another kind of um, through line yeah. here in terms of the theme. Hey, actually, a thing that really uh, I wanted to bring up here, just because we've already gotten into it, and specifically the next game, Concord, on the list. The f- the fact that they showed all these trailers, I think 37 trailers, and 90% of them, in order for you to get an actual grasp and understanding what that game is, you had to go into the PlayStation blog where they broke down the game, which was crazy because you saw Marathon, and sure, you might have gathered that it's some kind of mu- uh, multiplayer shooter, but you didn't know that for a fact. You see Concord? Concord was a bunch of nothing. It, it was like it, it was literally a Starfield copycat trailer. It, yeah, if you go and look at it, it's actually like ripped a lot of copy, a lot of stuff from from Starfield's first yeah. trailer. And that game is a PvP multiplayer shooter. What? Are, what? what? Uh, pro- probably. What? Are, uh, there's nothing about that that gave me. Not I at thought all. it was going to be like a a space game. Like I thought it was when I saw it. I was like, oh, it's probably going to be their No Man's Sky or something like that, or even their Starfield. And no, it's a fucking PvP multiplayer shooter. Like, where did that come from? So it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's the other thing too, though, Pablo, and this is kind of speaking more holistically here. 
all four of these games have this futuristic sci-fi style to each of them. And they're all shooters. Yeah. All four. Yeah. I know Destiny's been around, but I mean, it it still speaks to the problem Mm -hmm. of like, okay, Bungie's next thing looks a fucking lot like the last thing. It's planets. (laughs) They show planets with a spaceship in it. And it's just a little bit more stylized, a little bit more colorful, but it's the same thing. Part of why I was open-minded towards games as service initiatives for Sony is is because I was hoping that, okay, if you're going to invest this much of your resources into that, that at least you're going to give us a diverse array of games that each do something uniquely different from one another. The no, problem sir. that you're starting to see here is they're really not doing that. It's all nope. sci-fi. It's all very, you know, boilerplate-looking style and, and aesthetics. Um to the point where, in some ways, either the trailers are so vague that you don't know what they are, like you said, or they're just indistinguishable from each other in, in, in certain respects. Yeah. Um, so they are running into a problem already with redundancy. And that's a big issue because if you yeah. want people to gravitate towards these live service games, then at least you got to try to make them a little bit more unique from one another. And I didn't get that impression at all from seeing these. So that's a concern yeah. for me. Um, last but not least, Foam Stars, in case you wanted a Splatoon-inspired party shooter from Square Enix, they decided to cover that base for you like you always wanted. Um, yeah, it's funny because I, I tweeted, if Sony's in bed with Square Enix uh, and they'll get they'll get the Final Fantasy 16s, but they also have to take the Foam Stars. And that's exactly what they did. I, I, I will say something that is a little bit, um, I guess not controversial, but I guess a little bit... N- off of what you might think, I thought Foam Stars looked kind of cool uh, in the actual gameplay of it because it is like Splatoon, which we love, but you could actually surf on top of the foam and stuff like that. I think that the aesthetic and the whole vibe of it is shitty and fucking lame, but the actual gameplay of it all, it kind of looked kind of interesting. And I, and again, th- that wouldn't have been a, a, such a letdown if it wasn't for the fact that this is just another game as service uh, that they've introduced here. And so, man... This yeah. th- that was when when these games started showing up. I'm like, oh, th- yeah, this is where we are. This is PlayStation now, which is fucked yeah. up. But yeah, yeah. Um, I won't be playing Foam Stars with you, and we're not friends anymore. So games as a service <laughs> aside, Pablo. All right, let's talk about the non games as a service uh, titles that uh, we are hearing are exclusives, uh, yeah. either now or just forevermore. We don't, we don't know. Uh, right. Phantom Blade Zero uh, is one that that immediately kind of woke me up a little bit in the early portion of the show. A new IP from a studio called S Games, hack and slash RPG. Um, kind of felt like a weird hybrid between like a Tenchu, a Ninja Gaiden, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Looked really mm-hmm. action packed and fun. Yeah, uh, I did see that the developer said they don't have a like contracted agreement with PlayStation for this to be an exclusive. They actually are open to putting this on Xbox. It's just right now uh, they have not had any kind of dealings with Xbox to make that happen. So exclusive, not by way of contract, but by way of just kind of circumstance. We'll Uh, we'll see. Cause I, here, look, I, and I, and I don't want to bring it down here, but I, and I, and I, we talked about this off, off the camera, off show. Uh, 
that I get Bright Memory Infinite Black Myth vibes off of this game. It's another Chinese studio that delivered an incredible, and I, and I, and I mean this, an incredible trailer that looked like gameplay, which Bright Memory Infinite did, and that game turned out to be pretty terrible. Black Myth has had amazing trailers, but has been in development hell for a while. A game announced in 2020, and last year, they released a trailer saying, hey, it's running on Unreal Engine 5. I'm like, damn, how far along were you? And then you made that switch over to that engine. So I am cautiously optimistic, I mean, pessimistic, I, I actually, about the, the quality of what this game will be, if we ever see it, or how many years we see it from now. I hope yeah. that it's as good as the trailer shows, because let me tell you, I've never seen animations like that, like pairing, blocking animations, and they look so smooth and so good. You know, you get a little bit kind of lost in terms of what's gameplay and what's not, but if it's all kind of coming together and the way the trailer showed, this could be one hell of a game. But right now, just based on the history of, unfortunately, Chinese uh, video game studios who who are talented trailer makers, uh, but we haven't seen the fruits of those labors just yet. I'm still holding on hope for Black Myth and yeah, holding on hope for this for sure. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of games to get into, Pablo, so let's keep this show rolling. Let's talk Helldivers 2, the sequel to the PS4, PS Vita top-down shooter from Arrowhead Studios coming out in 2023. Not sure if this is live service. I uh, haven't seen anything that 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 directly says that, but right. um, it kind of runs into the same problem thematically with some of the games of services where it's another futuristic sci-fi squad-based shooter. Um, yeah. So again, another redundancy problem there. Um, didn't do anything for me, honestly. Um, wasn't really into it. It looked interesting. Looked a little chip choppy with like the frame rate in some moments there. Yeah. Uh, and looked a little bit bland in certain respects as well. But a lot of people swear by this franchise. I'd never tried it myself. But Pablo, uh, any yeah. interest from you on this at all? Yeah, a little bit. The first one was pretty cool. Uh, I played on Vita. Uh, I thought it was you know it was top down then, so I didn't really get too much into it. But it, it's cool. It has like a Starship Troopers aesthetic or vibe to it as well, yeah. uh, and so the trailer definitely showed that. I'm not I'm not crazy about it, but it, it's cool that it exists and the the change in camera. It's no longer top down; it's now a third person uh, shooter. Uh, didn't see a lot of enemy variety either in that trailer, so you know I wonder what this game ultimately will be in terms of quality. But uh, it's cool that it exists. I I, I saw it. I was I was pleasantly surprised, not in any way, shape, or form, like uh, blown away. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, next non-games as service exclusive shown is Sword of the Sea, which is a new IP from Giant Squid, the creators of The Pathless, Abzu, and I think the also uh, Journey as well, uh, the visionary yeah. behind the Journey. Yes. Behind Journey. Yes. Um, didn't do much for me. Interesting yeah. little concept. It's It does look like one of those kinds of games, uh, for better or for worse, mm -hmm. for, for someone like me. Not my cup of tea, but anything on your end on this one? No, I mean, it was cool. You could surf and shit. It looked like a little bit like Tony Hawk-ish stuff yeah. that you can do there. Uh, but yeah, enough, it, it saw who made it and saw the game like, yep, that's right. Sounds about right. <laughs> that's what, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Pablo, up next, we saw the 38th trailer for Final Jeez. Fantasy 16. Uh, this is looking this shit. Uh, thankfully, it's the launch trailer. Um, still on track for its release June 22nd. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really watch this one. I, I'm, I'm kind of overloaded with seeing too much of this game now, so I just kind of looked away and I just farted around on my phone while this was playing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks as cool as ever. I'm as interested as ever. I don't have anything else to say here. Anything on your end? 
Uh, no, I, I, I felt the same way. I thought that the trailer was cool. I didn't watch a lot of it as well. I kind of averted my eyes as well because I just felt like I've been there, done that with this, and it's, it's you know, it's fine. I'm ready for this game to, to finally come out. Yeah. Um, all right. Up next, we have uh, Towers of Agazba. I think that's how you say it. New IP from Dreamlit yeah. Incorporated, open world builder coming out 2024. Uh, Pablo, this did 0% for me. I mean, it looked like Breath of the Wild I, I, down to the T, you know, uh, and I think that that's the vibe they're going for. It's also like kind of it's inco- incorporating, whether on purpose or by accident, some building mechanics. So a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom in there. It's definitely uh, it definitely was inspired by a better game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, nothing for me either. Yeah. Um, same could be said for Ultros. People uh, losing their minds for this shit. I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, it looked interesting stylistically, I guess. It is a psychedelic-looking sci-fi side-scroller. Cool, uh, man. From, I don't know how to say the development, development studio. Hadouken? Hadouken. <laughs> it's Hadouken, I think. Okay. Uh, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, I mean... You know, it, this is an interesting part of the showcase, timing-wise, when this was shown, because I think if I had seen it in a better showcase, I would be more interested. But by this point, I'll be honest, I was in my feelings a little bit now. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see this bullshit. And I know full well, like, okay, this looks kind of interesting. But You're like, ultra mass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just not what uh, I wanted in the moment. But no, it doesn't really do anything for me. It's it's an interesting thing. I'll, I'll see how it pans out when it comes out though anything on yeah your i guess yeah i know nothing about this i mean it's just one of those things that f- it gives you that state of play energy you know and then yeah. the fact that it comes coming out in 2024 why is this game here i'm not gonna remember this game in two weeks let alone a year from now they're gonna have to re-reveal it to me so it just feels like uh, again state of play energy a lot of state of play energy in, the, yeah. in this uh quote-unquote showcase same goes for the next game, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, the thing we all wanted. Uh, developer Psy Games uh, is bringing their action RPG uh, in 2023. Um, yeah. Again, another this, zero percenter for me, just nothing. Yeah, this game also has been around forever. Platinum Games was making it for uh, for a while, then they dropped out in 2019. The pandemic happened. This game has been. When I first saw this for a split second, I thought it might have been Ease Ten. Uh, oh. I was like, I was like, oh, and then and then I saw, I was like, okay, that's not the art no. style that they would do. What, this should this that game should have been on the show, by the way, because it's like you know it's coming to Japan soon, and that and, and that game looked pretty cool. They showed eight minutes of it somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, anyway, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, no thanks. Grand Boo. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure it's probably going to be an interesting game. It just it doesn't do anything for nah. me personally. Uh, yeah. Same could be said for what was up next. Uh, we saw some PSVR 2 stuff. Pablo, we saw Resident Evil 4, a game called Arizona Sunshine 2. Crossfire decided to make another one of them motherfuckers. Jeez, man. What Crossfire, Sierra Squad, Synapse, and uh, Beat Saber, the game you've, you've probably played years ago. Um, fuck's sake, man. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to make this interesting as a conversation, but that's kind of the problem with PSVR two at this point is, um, you know, holistically, they need a killer app kind of experience. It's not happening. Um, these games are not going to compel someone to go and drop several hundred dollars 
on a VR set to play a game called Arizona Sunshine 2. They made two of them things. <laughs> Beat Saber has been out since the dawn of civilization, Pablo. It feels. Yeah. What is going on? Why 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 is this the output right now? What's happening? I'm- I think hardware sales are up and everything. And so there was news that came out that PSVR 2 is outselling PSVR in terms of the same time frame in which it was out. That's just the nature of what we are right now. People are buying hardware right now. And I, I hope it doesn't get to their heads a little bit, but it's not their output. It's not their software that, that's selling PSVR 2. It's just the, the nature of where Sony is as an industry leader. But uh, yeah, this was my pee break uh, and my... Uh, cry in the corner break as uh, I was very disappointed by by what was being shown so far. Um, I think my cry break was uh, when they holy shit when they uh, decided during the PlayStation game showcase to show Gran Turismo the movie. Um, holy TV TV they showed, TV energy. They showed Batman. the movie trailer, but it felt like watching the whole movie. That's how long that bitch. It felt. was. I fast-forwarded through this thing because I, I didn't Jeez. watch it live, so I could. Fuck's sake, dude. This was so deflating. And this was this was the moment. You know, and I don't necessarily have anything against the movie. I mean, be clear. Like, the movie, like, whatever. It might be okay just like the Uncharted movie was okay. And, you know, it'll yeah, be yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, it was just like the statement that it was making for this showcase was that um, we are drifting far away from our core. Um, and while it's great that to see that, you know, that they're taking their IP and they're expanding them, putting them in different places. I mean, this is not the place to get my attention with that. It's just not, especially when you go back and you think about everything we've we talked about up till this point, that all the stuff we didn't see. So you pulled games that might've been ready to show, from the developers we care about, and you used that space to give us a trailer for a movie. <laughs> so, and you know, and, and and I know it's not that simple. Oh, well, they could have just swapped out the trailer for Bloodborne. You know, like, I, I know it's not that simple, but, you know, when you come in and you're building out a showcase, the format, what, what, what you're going to put in each block, who thought, especially to put it where they did, that was the other thing. It's not like you were having this banging ass show and okay, here's a little, you know, intermission before we get back to, you know, fucking blowing you away. It was like, oh, if you thought you could never get a boner from us again, we are going to absolutely castrate you <laughs> from here on. You ain't gonna have no dick. <laughs> I it just it just shows to how it also shows how clueless they are. Like they thought this was a good idea. They thought, hey, guys, 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 you know what would be really cool right now? If we just put the Gran Turismo movie trailer in the middle of this shit show. Towards the end, actually, shit Dead show man. showcase. I, it is just, um, when they showed this, I, I I about lost it. I was like, oh, oh, my God. They they don't know what they're doing. They, they Jim Ryan, is Jim Ryan actually behind the controls? Is he the one picking the trailers? Like, they don't give a fuck. It's almost like they're taking advantage to the fact that they're industry leaders and I can do whatever the fuck I want because you are still going to buy our system. And this is, look, we'll talk about a little bit about the assessment of the whole right, thing, right, right. but this yeah. is just incredible. Indica- <laughs> this is just, it doesn't make any sense. Here's reality, yeah. right? 
650,000 people, maybe even more than that, the last I saw it, were watching this in real time, right? Across, you know, many different channels and so on and so forth. Probably more no, than it that. Was Probably just, millions. It was just 66,000 watching to the Live. PlayStation channel. There was oh, the like... Play- oh, eight. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we're in the millions, definitely, right? Yeah. I get it. You got a lot of eyes watching a showcase. You push that, you nudge that movie trailer in there while you got all these eyes, all those impressions, right? Still not the right place, man. Not no. with that kind of showcase you had. If you were if you were killing it and you were got you got everybody riding high, oh, and here's a movie trailer for Gran Turismo. People probably be you know riding the energy of a good show and going, oh, you know, okay, maybe I'll Dude. check that out when it comes out. But not with that thing, man. Not with that it, thing. If Naughty Dog, Sucker Punch, Blue Point, uh, yeah. Team Asobi, they were all there, we would not even be talking about this trailer. We wouldn't. 100%. It wouldn't even be here. But it's just an indication of of what this show is or was. It, you know, man, if. You could have changed an alternator in real time for all I cared. If you had had <laughs> Bloodborne factions, you know, you can do an oil change. Yeah. Firestone. Let me see that oil change. Yeah. They could be, they could Jeez. just be right at Pet Boys. Jim would be sitting there at Pet Boys waiting with all the people. And I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the main event, basically, uh, the finale of the showcase before we get in we're going to get into third party stuff by the way guys and and we, we didn't forget all that we just yeah, yeah. split it up in a easier to digest way but they did show 13 minutes of marvel spider-man 2 pablo okay. um yeah they showed off a pretty good chunk of the game um no co-op from what we saw it is a single player game but there is some character switching that they did show in the 13 minutes yeah, yeah. uh we got uh we got we got a uh, bad boy spidey is in the Ooh. building right now. He got of, teeth. He got uh, teeth. A lot of grunting he was doing. A lot of... Oh. <laughs> that kind of energy. <laughs> yeah. Incel. A lot of incel energy, man. Peter Parker incel energy. Not the incel energy. But, Mary um, Jane won't give me that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, so, you know, I, look. Yeah. I, I'm going to give it to you first. I, you know, I, before we recorded, I know you, 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 you were kind of piecing together your, your sentiments about what you saw. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what you think about the game kind of in its own right and sort of from a showcase perspective, but take yeah. it away. From, uh, from a showcase perspective, I thought this was a terrible way to end the show because it was the most known quantity. Like, we knew this was going to be here. And so, you know, you, sure, you want to close the show with something like that for, for them, knowing that they're gonna, it's going to be a quote-unquote strong close. But, you know, I, I, they've done it before in different showcases or different things where the last thing is the, the thing that blows you away, like Wolverine that one time. Like, it, but this time, it would just felt like, okay, this is the most known quantity. This is the thing that we obviously knew was going to be here. They're, they're closing the show it's just kind of the nail in the coffin for me in terms of placement now in terms of the game itself i love the first spider-man game i thought it was great uh i think that this is a lot more of the same which is a good thing i don't mean that in a pejorative way in any way shape or form it's just there's something about this game that for me just didn't blow me away the same way that people are talking about this game. Like, oh my God, look, look at the way that Peter Parker is moving with the winged suit. I thought that stuff was cool, but it just, it just felt so similar to what I've already seen before that I was just ready and I am ready and excited to jump right back in there and play. Can't wait to, I mean, look, it, it just looked good, but 
the the way people are talking about this game, I just I, I don't quite agree. I don't I don't think that it's 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 revolutionizing the genre. I don't think that the game itself is is a marketable uh, improvement over what they did previously. And that's because of the magic that uh, Insomniac was able to pull with Spider Man and Miles Morales on the PS4, PS4 Pro, and PS5. So. Obviously, those games already looked good. Sure, they looked a little better now. Some of the animation stuff with the symbiote and, and the Venom suit looked really dope. But, you know, I, I, I think that it just, it just didn't do the same for me as it's doing for the people. I think the, ter- the 13 minutes of, of gameplay were way too much. Um, I thought that they just, it was just too much. They showed too much and then it showed a long segment uh, of gameplay that I found uninteresting I, I you know going through that through the the, the shipyard and, and the water and all that stuff I, I that looked cool as a moment as a gameplay moment sure I probably would be uh, grinning and excited as a playing that on handheld you know playing that having the controller in my hand and playing that but visually to me that just wasn't that interesting it was kind of like all right cool like I, I've seen this before uh, and you know it's kind of unfair to be like I want to see something I've never seen before and put this on a game but I mean look if you're closing it out with this and it's you're hyping this up uh, Spider-Man 2 is your next great huge game. I just wish that they showed, um, you know, something that that blew me away a little bit more. This is something that if what if this would have been in the first Spider-Man game, I wouldn't have batted an eye. You know what I mean? It's like this is what I expect from them. And so in that way, I, I I'm not gonna say I was disappointed because I wasn't. I think the same looks fantastic. I think the Peter Parker stuff was a little silly. Him grunting, uh, I, the switching to Miles Morales stuff was fire. I hope that that they did say that you'll be able to switch in key moments. I hope that th- I hope that that doesn't limit you to like, all right, the first half you're playing as Peter and the second half you're playing as Miles Morales in the open world as you're exploring. I hope that you can hope you can switch them at any time just to do side missions or side quests uh but i'm interested to see how they divvy that out can i do the side quest with mom raz that i could do with peter parker or vice versa like i I, i'm interested to to, to, in in those kind of minute details in terms of how this is gonna um uh, pan out but you know game looks great can't wait for for it to, to to finally release uh I am a little skeptical on the release time on it. I thought they would have a more... There's another issue with the show. Barely any release dates at all. Uh, firm release dates. Very Most true. of the firm release dates we saw were all in third party. Um, and then we already knew that Final Fantasy was coming out uh, when it was coming out. So it, 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 that way as well, it was kind of disappointing that they said 2023, uh, but they've been saying that it's on track. Ooh, I hate that word, uh, that, that phrase. It's on track to come to uh, 2023. I wouldn't be surprised if the games get delayed out of 2023 and comes out like in February 2024. But I hope not. Uh, but yeah, what did you think? Um, you know, look, um, showcase wise, this felt like a spray of Febreze in a porta potty. Um, because <laughs> yeah, because everything else, know, yeah. You you feel like oh I like that I like that but I'm here but I'm in this yeah. I'm in this environment right now where it's just wall to wall explosive diarrhea left and right. Um, how's that for a visual, ladies and gentlemen? Listen, here's the thing. Um, I <laughs> want to say this. In a, <laughs> well, we'll get to something disgusting in, in a little <laughs> bit. Speaking of that, uh, here's the thing, though. Okay, I want to make sure I say this in, the, in in a way that makes sense. I don't know if it's going to come off right, but. I think that, you know, a lot of games, a lot of, you know, especially in the modern era, are very iterative 
upon themselves. And we've talked about that a lot throughout the show with like the far cries of the world and games that don't, you know, constantly do something groundbreaking and revolutionary every sequel, but kind of build upon their own foundation in a way that feels like a nice step up, but familiar. And I, I, I say all that to say that that's exactly what I got the impression of when I watched the 13 minute gameplay demonstration. Um, and so I think the excitement around the game is really going to hinge greatly on how appetizing the familiar is going to be for you, right? So when you think about it, and I'm not going to turn this into a Tears of the Kingdom, you know, diatribe, but, you know, there's there are familiarities about Tears of the Kingdom with Breath of the Wild, but we are all, or most of us are in a mindset right now where we welcome that because, you know, it's it's the good kind of familiar. It's the positive kind of familiar, Um I feel the exact same way when I think about this this new game for Spider-Man. You know, it's the kind of familiar that makes me feel good. Um, but it adds and builds certain things I think are interesting. For sure. For um, sure. Particularly, obviously, Symbiote Spider-Man definitely brings a lot of new elements to the mix that has some character implications, story implications that I'm intrigued to see. Although I do think it is going to probably whittle down to being a, you're not the Peter Parker. I know maybe I'm different now, you know, that kind of thing for a little while throughout the game. Um, But that aside, also Miles Morales, you can kind of cast these um, almost like tightrope like webs that you can use to traverse and do, you know, stealth moves a little bit easier. So they are doing things that are giving the gameplay that we know um, a little bit more, you know, punch and a little bit more diversity, which I like. Um, still a lot of unanswered questions about the open world and the gameplay loop there. Um, right. I've, I've heard things about, you know, it's they're, they're trying to revisit a lot of the collect-a-thon stuff and, and do it in a unique way this time around. I wish we had seen more of that as opposed to this very tight set-piece-centric uh, presentation. Yes. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little scared about that because Sp- Spider-Man, one of the things that I love about the game is that it was a very a very consumable uh, game in terms of collectathon. It's the only game, and you know you can revoke my gamer card if you like, but it's the only game that I have a platinum in uh, in in in, in uh, on PlayStation because it is it was very easy to get, very doable, very attainable. I hope that they keep that level yeah. of, of attainability because that really was. That it kept me coming back to that game. Like I completed that game to the fullest, and I, I, it w- it felt like a full experience in that way. And I hope that they do that. I hope they don't go bigger, better yeah. uh, mindset and just kind of fill that map up with a whole bunch of shit. I think what they were trying to do is almost uh, not show the city too much because you're probably going to be spending the majority of your time there, and it's something that we've already been. Um, I, I hope that we go to Manhattan and, and Queens and Harlem. I, I hope that they, 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 all those three things are there, but it's something that we've seen already. So I think they were trying to show us a little different side uh, of the game while sprinkling in a lot of the story um, bits that we, we're going to see throughout in themes. Um, yeah. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, you know, I, I'm higher on God of War Ragnarok than you are. But, you know, that's a game that was iterative and had a lot of things that they added to it that worked and also didn't work. So, you know, I, I'm and it is also a PlayStation exclusive. So I I wonder if maybe PlayStation, uh, knowing the, the success that God of War had and Spider-Man had, that they're going to stick to that 
way more than you would think and at that point you know you you would start seeing redundancies within those first party sequels which there is a lot of coming soon you know so um i hope that that's not like a theme here yeah well uh time will tell we'll probably see a little bit more of this before uh i, I would imagine some kind of state of play uh focusing exclusively on this game will happen at some point in the future um but for now that's kind of what we got um pablo you- i'm a- where are you at on the on the uh, on the release? You think it does come out in twenty twenty three? Yeah, you know I still do. Um, okay. I, I, yeah. I honestly think that it's probably going to be November. Um, I don't think they want to run the. You know, there was rumors of like a kind of head to head with Starfield. I don't really know if I still believe that's going to happen anymore. I you I said feel something more interesting. like November. Yeah. Yeah. You said that they were going to wait what Starfield looked like. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah I, I, and, I, and I do think that that could be the the reason. There is, you know, why 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 take that chance? I mean, yes, yeah, Spider Man's going to sell. I don't think it, it necessarily matters what month you put it out, but right. if you can give yourself an extra month to you know put out a couple of patches or, or fix some things before it's it's ready to go, mm-hmm. and you don't have to you know compete directly with starfield in case it is everything it's cracked up to be then yeah i don't see why you would um rush it out in september if you can wait an extra month and a half or something Uh, but we'll see we'll see um pablo that is going to do it for the non-games as service exclusives but there's still more to cover here uh including some hardware and accessories so i'm going to kick it over to you and and you kind of walk us through it yeah, they had a portion of Jim Ryan came on and talked a little bit about what they're working on hardware-wise. I thought they maybe would have shown a slim version or the removable disk drive thing that they've been talking about in rumored forever. But no, it's the other rumored thing, the thing I care less about, which is Project Q, a handheld streaming device. Uh, yeah, I've always wanted to play a game at a l- lower resolution with more latency. Please give it to me. No, I'm kidding. Look, <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of people who like this kind of stuff, a lot of people who this works for them. I, I think that... It's it's cool. I think it's all right for it to exist. Uh, and then, um, and then they also announced a PlayStation <laughs> earbuds, uh, which can't, I don't I don't know. I, I guess there was a demand for that. But Marco, what do you feel about all the hardware stuff that was announced? Uh, for me, I, I'll give you my quick thoughts because I, I I really have not much to hear say here. Cool. That if you want some earbuds, go get those overpriced earbuds. If you want the handheld streaming device dedicated, it looks like it looks like a PlayStation, a dual sense controller. That's cool too. I mean, more power to you. It's just this didn't move the needle for me in any way, shape, or form. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't have the same level of vitriol for Project Q as as other people did. Um. Although the memes were fucking hysterical. <laughs> did you see the Zelda one with the fuse no, mechanic? No. Oh. <laughs> that was hilarious. They took like a dual sense image. They took the fuse icon from Zelda and then a, a tablet, obviously. And then they yeah. that was the end result. That's what um, it looks like. Yeah. Listen, it's a complimentary. Put this here and put this here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a complimentary thing, though. I mean, you know, I could understand if they were trying to market it as like the big thing. Like they didn't dwell on it. They're like, here's something no. that we're working on, you know. So it, I see it as just an optional accessory. In the end, is it a necessity for playing PlayStation? No, it's not. Um, I am interested in the pricing to see kind of like how wacky they're going to get with something like this. Right. But, you know, as far as the function, you know, if, if it's for you, cool. If it's not, it's not. I, I don't I don't have the same level of like, this shouldn't exist. Like, I mean, who yeah. cares? Earbuds, that, earbuds I are I think fine. that they were, the vitriol thing was that um, because it wasn't, 
a Vita two or some shit like that. Oh yeah, well, I mean, you got to get over that. Uh, as it's far as rumored, the, sorry, I keep interrupting you, Mark. You my do. bad. But the but the rumored pricing is between one ninety nine and two ninety nine. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Um, so. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Uh, all right, PlayStation earbuds. You know, look, um, they're obviously big proponents of of three D audio. Um, it doesn't necessarily surprise me with you know seeing what apple does with the airpods that playstation would try to mimic that in some kind of a way as an equivalent on the console space um i'll reserve judgment for how good they are uh if they have good sound quality and you know they're not you know terribly balanced or something like that then they could be viable they looked uncomfortable as fuck though um Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm buying those, and, and you know those are going to be at a premium uh, for sure. So no, I'm, I'm passing on yeah. those. I, and I don't like me like earbuds to play video games. Like I just they're not yeah. comfortable. They hurt after a while. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not a good time. Yeah. It's not a good time. Uh, but Pablo, we also have third party games that will be uh, you know coming to PlayStation and uh, the shady side of Xbox. Uh, also, they also yeah. made sure to let us know in their Twitter account that these games are coming to that platform as well. But nevertheless, let's talk about the third party games that were shown at the event. Uh, and fortunately, the list here is a little bit more uplifting than what we've been talking about so far. But go ahead and kick us off, man. Yeah, so it started off, Immortals oh, of Avium, uh, Ascent Studios showed new gameplay, story trailer, still coming out July 2023. I thought that it looked really cool. Um, I, I'm still kind of like looking forward to what this game, how it's going to review, uh, but I thought it looked uh, uh, pretty decent. How about you? Yeah, it's, it's given me a lot of Ghostwire Tokyo energy with a lot of the hand yeah. gesture, fighting, firing from the fingers thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Listen, I... I, I, I just don't trust EA like that. Um, so I'm a little worried that it's going to be kind of um, like a 10 hour thing. That's kind of all right. It's, it's decent, sure, but sure. probably not worth 70 bucks. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I will say it, it does come off really good in trailer form. It does look very action packed and it looks very exciting. Uh, so they have that going for it, but I, I just don't, I'm, I'm still a skeptic right now. I have to wait till reviews come out before I can make a commitment. Yeah. Same, same. And then uh, Ghost Runner 2, uh, sequel to the 2020 action platformer, debuted here. Uh, it is scheduled to come out. It was a gameplay trailer. It is scheduled to come out at the end of this year, at 2023. What do you think, Marco? I, eh, I mean, if if I want to b- play a game that makes me throw my controller against uh, my own cranium, then this is the one for me. I tried did, playing the first one. I uh, sucked yeah. at it, and I hated my life playing it. It's cool as shit. Game. I love, I love yeah, the setting. Yeah. Setting is cool, but nah, not for me. Yeah, I love I love the hell out of that game. I thought it was really cool. I two, it looks like the to go bigger. There's like motorcycle, like like vehicle. Uh, the added vehicles to it, so it's kind of weird. Uh, but it looks really dope. Uh, definitely a game that I'm gonna uh have in my sights there. Uh, and then Sword of the Sea, uh, which is the new IP from Giant Squid. Wait, is that the same thing? Oh, I have oh, this here twice. A, yeah, that might have been a, yeah, a double the, up. My bad. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we talked about already. And then the Talos Principle 2 sequel to 2014's FPS Puzzler. People tend to like this game. I've never played it. Any thoughts on uh, on the Talos uh, Principle 2? No, this one made me roll my eyes back to my cranium when it was shown early on in the showcase. Like This was like the Talos Principle. The, the name of this game is just so clunky. Oh, it's, obno- it's obnoxious. Uh, I don't want no, to speak to no damn principle. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I, you liked, you liked that stray game, so maybe this was for you. Cat Quest, 
Pirates of the Caribbean, an open water action RPG shown 2024. Listen, I before you say anything, I thought this game looked kind of cool. I was just going to say that. I thought it looked pretty cool. I'm not going to play it, uh, but as someone that has a son and you have your daughter and she's really into games now, this might be something you might want to look at because she's probably gonna she's probably gonna love the adorable cats uh, being pirates and going anywhere uh, and just beating shit up. What do you think? First of all, I'm actually a good father, and I don't subject my child to <laughs> nonsense like this. And don't you ever bring Stray into this conversation about no damn cat quest, Pirates of the Caribbean. Get this bullshit out of my facial features. I don't want no part of this, bro. <laughs> facial features. I thought, listen, again, not going to play it, but I thought it looked pretty cool. I what thought is it, was it like, doing right. here? That's like a Jeff yeah. Keighley yeah, thing, that's like right. over a break. That's right. Like, oh, we'll be right back after the event. You get cat quest. You know, and that was and that was my next thing. It's like, but again, an indication of of a state of play, energy, big time. Cat Quest, come on, what are we doing? All right, uh, Neva or Neva, Neva, uh, yeah, new IP from Nomada Studios, which is the creators of Greece, uh, which was a game that was beautiful. and yeah, it was, if I'm not mistaken, this is a Marco game, right? This is something that you really were All into. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Greece yeah. was all I love Greece. That was a really awesome game. Um I'm actually excited about this one. This one tried yeah, to too. make me damn well cry during the, the, yeah. the show. The, the animals is dying. Um yeah, that was sad. No, but I think it looks really beautiful. I love the art style that this studio does really awesome painterly kind of um and we, games and it's 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 very subtle storytelling, but usually Usually no no dialogue or anything like that, but they can right. just bring emotion out of every scene, and it's just awesome. And we yeah. say that painterly, you know, we, we use that offhandedly sometimes, but this is legitimately really looks is. like a painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was beautiful. I saw this, and I was like, what are they doing with that wolf? Why? <laughs> and the little puppy. Oh, man, it was, it was, they, they did a lot here to, to, to kind of show you this is a you know probably game about grief this which was Greece Greece was as well if I'm not mistaken um so they they do good stuff so this is definitely one to look forward to uh good showing here and then the plucky squire uh, devs at all possible future show off new gameplay trailer I'm sold I love this man this looks amazing um I, I can't wait for this to come out I'm really super excited for this yeah this one is the one I was watching for my daughter the, uh, the storybook thing yeah 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 oh my yeah, god yeah. now I hope that the game is not like really difficult I hope they have like easy mode like like baby mode for, for people like you I, know, her because of the art style because it should it's like a, it's very you know fairy tale storybooky kind of stuff but man this art style is incredible bro yeah yeah it's fairy tale book kind of stuff mixed with toy story because like you come out into the real world and you're like in a real looks like a kid's room I like they, they they're, they're daily here um, I will say Slight visual uh, downgrade from the original trailer, and I looked at I looked at both of them because I, I I felt that I did, but that's okay. I still think it does what it promises uh, to do, and I and I I'm definitely looking forward to it. Okay, then um, I will admit I, I popped a little bit here. We'll talk about it a little later uh, about how we actually feel about this. But Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. Developed by who the fuck knows because they're being very vague about who's developing the game. Re- reveal trailer, absolutely no date. And what was probably for me, um, 
the lamest Metal Gear Solid trailer I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, but we'll talk about that later in d- detail. Uh, but Marco, what did you think about Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater? All right. First of all, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Will. If you're listening to the show, what's up? This man had me cackling because he, <laughs> he said this looked like Cabela's Dangerous Hunts. <laughs> oh my god this, Hunter 2 this okay listen I'm a big Metal Gear fan I know I've I've been on the show and I've called Kojima a hoe and all this and that but you know all, all jokes aside I'm, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan and Pablo knows that um this was god awful this was um actually professionally awful it it it, it was so confusing to me with this uh, you know he called it cabela i called it a damn a bug's life kind of ass trailer yeah this was um first of all you get no actual gameplay right at the bottom immediately i'm like great and you didn't know what it was at first either so it's like okay i'm just watching fucking fire ants walk and then you know okay oh wait a minute now i'm starting to see so oh shit this is the metal gear trailer and then here comes snake and it, it just here's the thing it was like they took the soul out of this game. It 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 just felt so unkojima. It felt so lifeless. It felt so anemic. It was just like here's some jungle, you know. Here's you know fucking this eating that and that eating this, and here's snake and cue the music that you wanted to hear, and here's a splash screen of the logo. Bye. That yeah. it was just so in and out that it was like, wow, you couldn't show us anything. You couldn't give us a line. You couldn't give us a keep you wait. Kept you waiting, huh? You couldn't walk us through what the game looks like in engine. Nothing. No, this nothing. Is, and, and and I, I think the people out there foolishly saying, if Kojima would have made this trailer, everybody would have been praising it. Well, number one, Kojima would have never made this trailer. Two, if he made this trailer, it would be the worst trailer he ever made, and we would still be talking shit about it because it sucks. It's not that I don't like it because Kojima's not involved. I don't like it because it was bad. Exactly. Period. Exactly. When I, you know, Snake coming out of the darkness, I, I've seen that 500 times in a whole bunch of military shooters uh, uh, trailers that they, they, they've had out there. That wasn't fun, interesting. That wasn't at all good. I mean, I think he looked cool. I mean, you know, in terms of like the the graphical fidelity, but it's not actual gameplay. So what am I to expect? This game has supposedly been in development for three years, and here we are, three years later, ready to see this game in action. And that's the thing we don't see. It's the thing that I was looking forward to the most, and the thing that yeah. let me down the most. And again, we'll get into that later. But fuck, man. And then you got the contrast, right? When you know when Konami re revealed Silent Hill again, you got. You got a lot. I mean, you got a good. It was a nice trailer, but it was all in engine. And then you got yeah, to see what yeah, else yeah. was going on with with the franchise. This, in comparison to what they did with Silent Hill in terms of effort, is is not even close. This was like like a a total fucking phone in to me to the point where it was like, if you weren't ready to show more right. than this, then this was not the time to show this game. Period. I would have rather waited. It wasn't like you know that the year was gonna be it was gonna make or break based off of whether this was gonna get announced or not. We could have lived without this if it wasn't ready for more than this. So yeah. it, it's listen. Am I excited that it's coming back? Yes. 
I'm excited that they're trying to keep this as one-to-one as possible as well. And the screenshots on the official website, although I'm a little concerned they're bull shots, does look nice. But the fact that you weren't, maybe I'm just throwing this in here and I shouldn't be, but you weren't confident enough or ready enough to show more than that is is just not a good sign. Nothing about that trailer showed confidence. No, you know it. It just. It just. I wonder if we'll see more of it in with in, in Keeley Singh, which we probably won't, because Konami and Keeley don't get along. I no, wonder if, yeah. if if we'll see something down the road. I doubt it. Um, but I I am I am concerned. I am I am because you know if you're not ready to show the game, two things happen. Either you're being very very coy. Why? Or Something happened down the down the line, and the reason they're not talking about developers because this restarted somewhere, you know. Yeah. And w- with the way the news cycle is, and the way these insiders are, we're gonna know soon enough as to what the fuck is actually happening here, and we need to know because I'm, I, I the rumor is is uh, Tim Robinson from VGC said that it's 2024. Um, okay, that's next year. So let's see what they show before then because this was definitely not fucking it uh then they followed that up with another announcement metal gear solid master collection volume one a three game collection including metal gear solid one metal gear solid two and metal gear solid three coming out autumn in 2023 did this do anything for you no uh right number one i i have these games already for my ps2 and if what they're saying in terms of um we're gonna keep it basically toward like like the original vision of the games we're not going to do anything crazy with these then it's a redundant purchase in my opinion although it'd be nice to have it digitally in my my catalog that's about where the excitement kind of starts and stops i also don't know i this has to be a playstation exclusive because metal gear solid one is unless you're going to emulate it it's just not doable on an xbox it's never been done and and then the confusion for a long time about Metal Gear Solid Three being a an exclusive, and then this maybe that's where the confusion was. Uh, there was yeah. a rumor last year that saying that they were they were going to do a remaster of MGS One along with the remake of Three. So maybe this is what that was. Look, if the game's running at sixty frames, you know, and, and doing something with with the hardware, that that'd be super dope. I would I'd be into that, especially Metal Gear Solid One, which is a game I've not played since I played with you. You know, and and a little later when I got to play it for myself, so it's not again. It's a game that I would love to revisit, and I hope that Volume One means we get Volume Two, which means we get um, possibly uh, Metal Gear Solid Four, which I don't care to play again. Though I I would like to to, to own it in my library because I am a Metal Gear Solid fan as well. Yeah, um, Marco, this is a. a, a great part of the show that came when this trailer showed up and that was and it was a slap to the face on xbox as i i put on a tweet that i had alan wake 2 makes its official gameplay debut here on the sony showcase Re- remedies high uh highly anticipated sequel great trailer solid date october 17th 2023 I thought this game looked absolutely fantastic. The developers of the game are confident that this would be the best-looking game of 2023. Everything that we saw in that trailer has been confirmed to be running on a PlayStation 5. Fucking A. This is the way you you you, you show a game off. I am I'm super excited. It, this skyrocketed in my most anticipated games of the, of the year, for sure. I cannot wait to put my get my hands on this fucking game. It looked amazing. What did you think? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, you know, if this game pans out, I mean, the the year of horror games by far yeah. one of the best ever. 
uh, between the oh, remake yeah. of Dead Space, the remake of RE4. You have this coming out, and, and by all means, looks like it's going to be a banger. Um, this looked incredible. I mean, it has all the atmosphere you hope for out of a Remedy game. It's got the creep factor going for it. It's got a new playable character, which I think is really interesting, too. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks really well made well polished right now nothing stood out of the trailer that made me go oh that looked a little suspect Mm -mm. everything looked really really good what it's going to come down to for me um i didn't see enough gameplay like of actual like what do you do in this game other than you know they just showed kind of walking around slowly with a gun pointed in a flashlight what else though you know like that's my last question here about what this game has going for it and then beyond that everything else including the release date uh sounds a-okay to me. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. And uh, we finally get to see Assassin's Creed Mirage. Ubisoft taking it back to basics. And the gameplay trailer definitely showed that. At least that's the vibe that I got from it. Also got a release date, October 12th. So we have one week to play this and then jumping onto Alloway 2. This was a surprise to me. I, I thought that this, this game... It looked like the it looked like the promise that they've been uh, saying that the game was going to do. Going back to basics, so I like that. What did you think? Yeah, um, you know, it looks good. Uh, honestly, I'm a little exhausted of like the Middle Eastern setting uh, for Assassin's Creed now. I'm uh, and, and really a lot of games in general kind of go here a lot, and I'm, I'm you know the sand and all that stuff. It just feels a little bit boring to me visually. Um, but it was nice to see the gameplay dynamics from old Assassin's Creed. Yeah start to, you know, kind of come back a little bit. Uh, things looked relatively smooth and uh, intuitive. Um, it was an interesting trailer, though, because I still want to see, like, what... I, I want a gameplay demonstration, I think, is what I'm kind of yeah. waiting on at this point. The trailer looked great, but, like, what is the... What is, like, a 10-minute window of gameplay look like? How, how old school did you really go? Yeah. You know, is it still, like, the open world map with 3 million things scattered all over it? Oh, with old school gameplay? Or is it really old school in the way that the original trilogy was uh, back in the day? That's what I'm curious about. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll get to see that June 12th. There's going to be a Ubisoft forward, uh, and yep. I'm sure they'll show that off. I think the trailer, when it pans out and it shows him on top of, like, one of the buildings, uh, I think that's the that's the map. And I, I like that because it, it's not huge. It's massive or overwhelming. It looks like right. it's small, and I hope that's that's the case. And it's a $50 uh, and, game, too, so there's that. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. not going to be expensive. And I wonder, it's probably going to be digital only. Or maybe, no, maybe not. I saw that there's a... No, I don't think so. That there's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that, about the price point. So maybe it's a little smaller, a lot smaller game than I and, than we're anticipating, which is good. We'll it's see. a good thing. Uh, Revenant Hill was shown off. Night in the Woods dev announced new game under new studio, Glory Society. I think Night in the Woods is awesome. I love that game. Uh, and this looked really cool. I mean, I wish it saw a little more, but I, I thought this looked really cool as well. Yeah, um, I loved Night in the Woods, uh, but the studio had a lot of drama going on with workplace culture and and I think some harassment stuff. So it's good to see that the new studio kind of born from some of the uh, team originally uh, has kind of landed okay and has uh, what could be an interesting little game on their hands. But honestly, it didn't do a lot for me, though. It wasn't exciting to see. And again, mood wise throughout the showcase just didn't do a lot for me. Yeah, and then the thing about the studio is that there it's a what they're calling a um I forgot what it's called. It's a no there's no bosses at the studio. Mm. Everybody's okay. equal, that, that kind of thing. I forgot what they call it, so I apologize. Um a lot of like warehouse 
uh, jobs are doing that. Like everybody's a manager or nobody's a manager type of thing. So, uh, but yeah, so so it's good that they're not only showing a new game, but they're actually culturally yeah. trying to do a lot to, to fix that. Then uh, we got a Street Fighter Six. More of this uh, new story trailer gameplay stuff coming out June second. Uh, yeah, cool man. Uh, if you're a Street Fighter fan, this this, this has to get you super excited because I mean this game does look awesome. Uh, the new story stuff looks super cool as well. Uh, but yeah, what did you think? I'm just excited to see that the fighting game genre is getting um, a pretty good surge between this Tekken, Mortal Kombat one, uh, and, and so on. It's it's really good to see that happening. Um, you know, the, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'd never buy this game if it ends up on a like subscription service. Then I'll definitely sure. check it out. But uh, it does look really nice though, and it it does look fun. Um, I didn't get a chance to play the demo, um, but I, I heard it's you know it, it's shaping up pretty nicely here. So good to see yeah. for fans of the series for sure. For sure. And then uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, Capcom finally shows off his highly anticipated sequel. It's running on the RE engines, super dope. Uh, it showed a gameplay trailer. I thought that uh, a lot of what we saw was was cool. I mean, I, I, I think Dragon's Dogma is, is, is a pretty decent game. I know there's a lot of people who swear by it. I'm not oh, yeah. one of those. I thought that the game was for its time was definitely pretty interesting uh just think of it like a action rpg meets monster hunter type of stuff so i there's a lot going for it uh and for those fans of dragon's dogma i'm super excited for y'all yeah you know it's an interesting one for capcom um kind of digging into their bag of deep cuts here uh to bring this out of the 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 grave whereas dino crisis is still not officially (laughs) a real thing which is a fucking crime against society and dinosaurs um no uh all jokes aside yeah it looks it looks okay you know it looks cool it looks like it's doing a lot for the fans of of the first game which is really awesome for them um if i'm being honest for me it looks a little boilerplate high fantasy you know like i'm sure it has its gimmicks and it's got its little charm to it but yeah it it you know, and it's Capcom, so Capcom has not been missing a whole lot lately either. Yeah. But at the same time, I just think this kind of kind of goes over my head a little bit, and it's just yeah. not for me. And I, and I think it's also kind of hardcore. I know one of the things that one of the features about the game that at nighttime it's pitch black at oh, night yeah, in the yeah. open world, and you yeah. have to have a lantern out. So I guess it's a little bit more of a hardcore. Uh, action RPG thing that had to go on for it. So uh, I, I get why people like that kind of stuff. It's just, it's a game. It, it, it definitely, barrier to entry is very, uh, you know, high in terms of difficulty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are the third party highlights. I say for me on a general level, the third party highlights were the best thing of the show for the most part. Uh, it showed the most solid dates. It had like some of the coolest shit, you know, with, with, with uh, Plucky Squire and obviously Alan Wake 2 and Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, and this is where the, the game, where the showcase shine. It's just that this is not the reason a showcase exists for third party output like this. Yeah. So, uh, super weird that they had, we had so many of them. Uh, but it is what it is at this point. So, uh, anything about third party highlights you yeah, want to no, talk about? I, I, I agree overall. Um, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't the right place, but it was good to see some of these games and, and where they are coming yeah. along. Um, you know, some disappointing, some very mind blowingly good. Uh, but yeah, you know, wrong wrong venue, but nice little array of games here right. for sure. Well, Marco, uh, overall, let's take some uh, damage assessment here. Yeah. Uh, did this showcase change the way we look at PlayStation? And uh, how can Xbox 
capitalize on this massive miss by PlayStation. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, it, for lack of a better term, I mean, Xbox is kind of the company with, like, a knife in its stomach right now, and this was yeah. Sony's opportunity to twist it. Yeah. And instead, they pulled it out and they stabbed themselves in the damn foot with that same knife. It was it, it, It's such a hugely missed opportunity on so many levels when you think about their competition with Xbox because how Xbox capitalizes on this is simple. You just make a better show than that by doing, <laughs> but by doing the exact antithesis of what Sony just did. Right. They can look at this and go, we have the next few weeks to make sure we don't make any of the same mistakes that PlayStation just did. Right. right. It's almost like PlayStation beta tested a showcase so that Xbox can probably have a better one. Now, Xbox has their own problems. We're not going to sit here and play those down. Their story Absolutely up to not. this point has been bad for a reason. And, you know, the game's got to come out and be good at the end of the day. But they can certainly have a better show than this. And they can do that quite easily by not leaning into games of service the way that PlayStation has, which I think should be relatively easy because a, a lot of the stuff in their pipeline is predominantly not, you know, multiplayer centric. So that's not that, that's an easy issue to avoid. Um, but I think where they can shine is definitely by showing a lot of gameplay, not a lot of this CG shit that we got from PlayStation. And Xbox yes. has been susceptible to that in the past, too. I'm not giving them a free absolutely, pass. Absolutely, absolutely. But they can, again, they can learn from the reaction that, that PlayStation got to go, Let, well, let's not do that again. Um, yeah. I think having a tighter show. Uh, not dousing people with, you know, the. I mean, think of how many games we've talked about in this damn segment, dude. Like, yeah. not necessary at all. Um, no. Throw some third-party stuff in there if you want to, uh, especially if, if you have a Game Pass deal with them. But sticking to more first-party stuff, I think, is the way to go for Xbox as well. And I think they can definitely... They're not going to, like, overtake PlayStation in sales after this, but maybe a little bit of that mind share can start to sure. maybe work a little bit more in their favor after what's been a bad year for them. Um, the last thing I'll say is... I think this showcase changes the way I look at PlayStation um, in a fairly big way because while I, you know, there, there still might be another showcase later this year, they might have state of plays that kind of show us some of those games we were waiting to see. But the biggest problem with PlayStation is they have a personality problem, dude. They have yeah. a personality. Jim Ryan is not the guy you put on that showcase. That dude looked God. awful on that show. Um, yeah. And he, his energy and just the stiff, stoic, read from the teleprompter energy that he brought to that thing really indicates that PlayStation is just kind of in their own little world of businessy business stuff. It doesn't feel as relatable, as open, as transparent, as human as their competition. And that's one thing that I give uh, Xbox historically a lot of credit for, and you do too, obviously, mm -hmm. is that they feel like an approachable brand the biggest issue i have with this showcase is that amidst all this complaining you can't fully trust that playstation hears it and cares about it 
because right. they're in the driver's seat. And this is not the kind of PlayStation you want. You don't want arrogant PlayStation that's in cruise control because they know they're number one. You want the PlayStation yeah. that's hungry, fighting, and scrapping the way that I'm sure Xbox is going to have to, given their status. So I say all that to say this. They have got to be a, a much more personable brand moving forward. And if the backlash that they're hearing is as bad as it is, don't bury your head in the sand about it. Like, just do better. Maybe get a, a, a state of play out in the next month and a half, two months or something to kind of offset some of this stank that they put out here. But but the worst thing you can do is act like no one's complaining and just go on yeah. business as usual because, well, the numbers speak for themselves. Eh, that's not always the story, right? So right. I, I, I hope they can address this stuff and they can kind of humble themselves a little bit and go, okay, this was this was not our best selves. Let's do better from here. But I just don't trust that they will because they seem very arrogant right now. Uh, but yeah. what about you? Yeah, the, the showcase definitely changed my kind of the way I look at PlayStation simply because let's say in a month, two months from now, they do another showcase and they have frac uh, factions, Ghost of Shima 2, Bloodborne, you know, Ben's mm. new game, all the good shit is out there. I am still concerned because of their laser focus on games as service and it's something that they're really 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 banking on and i always knew that was the case i just didn't know how much of it was the thing until i saw this uh this this showcase so yeah the future of playstation for me is a little bit kind of iffy in that i'm sure we're always going to get those awesome first party games that we love from naughty dog and all those guys out there and we're still going to get this cool uh, exclusive with final fantasy rebirth and, and and 16 however their focus in the future and beyond is those games as service so we're going to get a lot of that too and that's not something that i'm really a fan of and honestly even if you're a game as service fan there's no there's nobody out there who's gonna go play fair games marathon destiny 2 concord and uh, foam stars all at one time you, you they're That's literally throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks because they're definitely gonna get their fans in different in different areas but it's just this focus is so fucked because really you would think that it's like one or two games of service that they're going to try to make to be like the biggest things ever but that's not what they're doing they're literally investing 10 plus games as services right now so hopefully they get another massive hit like the likes of Fortnite or something like that which is which is horrible to me in terms of a huge company like PlayStation the tastemaker right now like you said the people in the driver's seat to see them and see that that's their future that's concerning obviously obviously they can always pivot get out of this if it's not working for them and and playstation it has shown with the playstation 3 being a disaster that they can pivot they can pivot with the best of them so there is still hope there but as it stands right now definitely changed my perception on playstation and like and i agree with everything you said about xbox and how they capitalize easy just show your first party games it's not that easy in terms of like Hopefully they're good, but in terms of like the mindshare and the way that we think about Xbox in them, and even with Phil saying that they feel that they're on track, prove that to me. Obviously, they have a lot to prove still. Like even Phil said, got to get the controller in your hand in order to finally feel that we're on track here. But this that showcase is going to go a long way to not only show Xbox has something going for them, but also that Xbox is laser focused and in the know and has the public perception and people 
people's opinions and thoughts all mixed in one, and they're able to deliver something that we all want to see, which is first-party games, good first-party games, and I hope that we do see that in the future uh, for Xbox, uh, and we'll see where PlayStation goes from here, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think the last thing I'll say before we wrap up with our last block here is that you're right in in calling out that what like what is the uh, like what's the regimen that they want PlayStation fans to have with all of these right. redundant games that are coming out that are all trying to be live service all wanting your money all wanting your time one thing i give nintendo a lot of credit for uh whether they stumble into it or they do it intentionally is that they they sort of curate your your experience with the switch year over year they kind of know where you're gonna go they know how long you're gonna need to play some of the games they come out it's very rare that they will hit you with a lot at once or a lot of the same thing at once yeah yeah, yeah. and and kind of throw you off your game like okay i don't know what i want to do here i want to play my switch but i just don't know what i want to do playstation is kind of running into a problem now or potentially where it's so much of the same thing that they're all like every game's going to potentially cannibalize themselves. And I, and, and look, maybe the games aren't going to release all at around the same time. I don't, I mean, it sounds like marathon's going to take a while. It sounds like some of these games don't even have a release window. So we don't know yet, but right. ideally they want these games to all be successful though. Right. But how mm-hmm. are you going to do mm-hmm. that at any point, regardless of when they come out, when you want people to play kind of everything it just doesn't work that way so they they're they're really starting to overlap themselves they're starting to create redundancies in their portfolio which i'm always sensitive to and i always think is a problem and it's just the cadence is going to be a little interesting as well with like releases you know along with all that uh and the fact that these games are all kind of samey in some ways too so it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough man but let's um let's wrap up with some quick hits here uh, before we uh, conclude the show, Pablo, and let's start with uh, kind of our, our biggest winners and losers of what we've seen at the show. And let's start with the bad stuff. What was your most disappointing game? If you all been paying attention, you guys already know what this is. And that's Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, a game highly anticipated by me and Marco, obviously uh, something that I want to see. I can't wait for it. But just the showing and the fact that it just wasn't enough and um just you know that, that trailer sucked man i don't I, anyway you, there's no there's no redeeming qualities to that shit it, there just isn't uh and i am highly disappointed because i wanted to see more they should have shown more uh and you know that's the uh, unfortunately my most anticipated game just became my most disappointed game on that showcase all in a matter of what 41 45 seconds mm-hmm. yeah so super disappointing yeah same for me um man you hear what a thrill, and it turns out that was the only thrill about that trailer was just hearing <laughs> that that vocal line. This was a, a dud. It was such a dud, yeah. and it was such a, a a flat way of uh, bringing an all time classic franchise, an iconic character, an iconic world back from a very long break with a very controversial ending with Kojima himself. And and this is the way you do it. It's just not the right way. Um, jury's out on what the game is actually going to play like and, you know, ultimately be when all is said and done. But as a first impression, as a reintroduction, this was uh, about as bad as you can imagine. So, yeah, it's also my yeah. most disappointing as well. Um, but not all was gloom and doom here. There were some surprises, Pablo. But what would you say is your biggest surprise? 
Yeah, my, my big surprise was actually Assassin's Creed Mirage. I mean, Ubisoft uh, promised that it's going to go back to basics, but why the fuck would I tr- trust Ubisoft in anything? Uh, <laughs> and so everything they showed in this trailer looked like that's exactly what it was, even from si- something as simple as sitting down on the bench and kind of blending in. That's the kind of stuff that I missed from the original Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, all that good shit. And this game kind of gives me a lot of those vibes. If I can play this game and I feel like I'm playing an Assassin's Creed 2 in 2020, three that's a huge 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 win for me and that's why it's my biggest surprise of the show for sure not a bad pick at all mine is actually phantom blade zero um that one was really out of left field i wasn't expecting to see a game like that i have a lot of questions about that game much like you do as far as like you know how far away it is and just is that what we're really going to get when the game comes out um but i do think that in terms of like getting my attention uh, at a very stale time during the showcase uh, in the early goings, uh, yeah. that was a nice little pick me up for a while there. I love the art style. The animations look good. The combat looks fun and brisk. Um, looks really, really interesting. And I hope that it's as good as it seems to be indicating. Uh, but I don't get the impression we're going to see it for a while. Uh, but nevertheless, in terms of surprises, that was probably the one that stuck out to me the most. Um, but it wasn't that was a that was a shocker, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't our game, my game of the showcase, and it wasn't yours either. But what was your overall pound for pound game of the show for you? It was Alan Wake too. I mean, I love Alan Wake. Uh, I just wasn't expecting it to see it here, uh, and then it shows up. And not only does it show up, it shows gameplay. It's running on the PlayStation 5. It looks ready to go. The vibes, the fucking ambiance, the corny Alan Wake narrating it. I know it sounds corny, but it just it, it just feels like Alan Wake to me. And it just it looked amazing. It was it was just one of those things where I was kind of like shocked. And I've been saying this whole time that I don't think this game's going to make it because of how little they've been talking about it. But they they put on a show. I mean, there's a short little trailer there, but they really were confident. That's that's a confident ass trailer with the October 17th uh, release date that I'm super looking forward to that. I cannot wait for that. That is definitely my game of the show and nothing was close. Oh, Spider-Man was close, but you know, but that was that was it for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was a toss up for me too for, between Alan Wake and Spider-Man, but I went with Spider-Man. Um, you know, uh, although, you know, uh, some people have concerns about, you know, how much it's really kind of breaking new ground, uh, over the, the last two, uh, titles, I really enjoy it, uh, from what I've seen so far. I'm, I'm really curious to see where they take the open world gameplay next, but from what we saw from a set piece standpoint an action standpoint, uh, and just seeing how, you know, both of the Spider-Man sort of work in tandem, um, and, and how that's juxtaposed throughout the game, uh, from this glimpse into it, I was really left feeling feeling very positive and uh you know as confident as ever that insomniac is 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 on to something here and that they're going to do a good job uh it would have been nice to get a a, a firm release date but um you know if insomniac is not ready to put a date on that I think they've earned the right to you know say hey yeah let's let's give you some you know let's give it some time uh because they're not the kind of company that to me kind of toys around with release dates very much so i'll, I'll no. give them the benefit of the doubt here and hope that it'll still show up this year uh only if it's ready uh, but yeah, game of the show for me uh, was Spider-Man for sure. Uh, but what was the overall grade, Pablo, that we uh, are giving for the showcase? Uh, letter grade, that is. Uh, what, what would you pick here? 
Yeah, I was all over the place. I was at C minus, D plus, D, D minus. I just really couldn't pinpoint it. But after having the conversations here today on the show, I kind of just finally reached my letter grade. And that's just straight up D. I just, you know, obviously, Island Wake 2 was amazing. Mirage blew me away too. But that's it. In a one-hour show that was full of gas, games that services, and just... You know, and a lot of known quantities that I was really just kind of like, oh, hey. and then a lot of dumb third party shit that showed up that shouldn't have been there to begin with. It, it just, this showcase did not feel like a showcase ever, not once. It, you know, it felt like, like I said in the beginning, two game of, two uh, state of plays stuck together with a Spider Man state of play uh, attached there at the end. It, it just, it, it never felt like the showcase from two years ago, which I thought was fantastic. I don't, I don't have really a, a, a grasp as to what they're doing with their first party studios at all. I have no idea what any of, a lot of them are working on. And that's crazy. We just, two years later, I saw the tweet that you responded to, and I also responded to it where the guy's like, oh, uh, people are disappointed. I don't know, the, should look up the word foreplay. Yeah, he works for like, oh yeah, yeah. Im- bro. Imagine flirting with a girl for two fucking years, and you finally get to bang, and all you do is foreplay. Get the fuck out of here. That is wild to see. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is just foreplay. Okay, cool, man. That that if that's how you want to do it, that I don't think you understand what foreplay is and what that indicates. Because I was, th- th- if this was foreplay, this is the worst head I ever got in my whole life. <laughs> Oh my, the teeth too. Yeah. They use uh, teeth. Yeah, Get no, the this is the guy that said that Peter is. He's a, shut up. He's, the guy that said that he's the director of strategic initiatives and planning at PlayStation Studios. So he's he's oh, what a what a title. He's in there. Uh, and that's um, cool, man. Yeah, um, he does specify in his profile tweets and opinions are my own. Yeah, hopefully we don't. Because uh, if Jim Ryan's in that office talking about foreplay, I'm gonna fucking keel over. Um, we're tantalizing them. We're playing with their balls, <laughs> <laughs> sir. I feel uncomfortable. Balls as a service. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, I'm also gonna give it a D. I had a D plus originally here, but I think you're you're kind of on the money letter grade wise. It is a crying shame, dude, that this is what um, happened here with PlayStation riding so high. Um, you know, you know, a showcase is bad when you can honestly say they were better off not having a showcase at all. <laughs> that's right, and that's exactly what this was for me. It was like this: this did absolutely nothing but bad things for you because it answers nothing about. Like, you can watch this showcase and go, "Yeah, well, what am I? But what's coming out this year, though?" And right, you still right. don't know. You know nope. about this? You know, the fucking you know, rob a bank game. You know, that's like another live service, you know, experiment, you know, about like all the other squad based things, you know, but you don't really know what you're in for as a PlayStation fan. And that's like the biggest thing you have to, you have to answer about these showcases. You can't just, here's some stuff. Bye. You know, and then that's exactly what it felt like to me. So yeah. And you needed the PlayStation blog post as a companion piece to fucking really understand what these games were. What are we doing? Yeah. I don't want to read no damn blog. I want to read. Anyway, <laughs> I don't read. <laughs> Tantalizing their balls. All right. Fuck that. Fuck books. Fuck balls. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I got two of them. Yeah. 
that's going to do it for this week's show, man. I'm tired. I'm tired of talking about PlayStation. I want to get on to better things. And next week, we have a very special episode as we revisit our 2022 Game of the Year list, ladies and gentlemen. We will be revisiting our top 10 rankings that we deliberated together to decide, did we fuck that shit up? Um <laughs> Stay tuned and find out next week. So to do that, the best way to do that is to subscribe to our show, which is very easy. You just find wherever you do it on the thing you're listening to us on right now, and you can make that happen. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Cool Down Time to keep up with us in between episodes. But until next week, thanks for listening. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time around. Take care. Peace out. Make me feel good.